0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm really excited to have Peter O'Neill join us from Research in Action. Peter, I would love for you to just introduce yourself, your role, and your organization.
1: Yeah, hi, Shauna, and uh, thanks for inviting me. And, and well, I've, I've been in the IT and marketing world for, for more than 38 years, working in various roles at, at HP, at Meta Group, and, and most recently 12 years at Forrester Research, both as an industry analyst and as a research director. In fact, I was RD for all of Forrester's work around B2B marketing which of course includes sales enablement. In fact, I would claim to be one of the first analysts to promote the concept of sales enablement way back. With my colleagues, uh, I wrote several reports uh, between the years of 2012 and 2014, 2014, which defined the role, the responsibilities, and, and even anticipated which technologies were going to be necessary for successful sales enablement. And I remember in 2015, I worked with a colleague, Andy Hoare, who was covering e-commerce at Forrester. And we researched and published that that infamous report, I suppose it's now called, The Death of the B2B Salesman. And I fondly remember co-presenting that research in a keynote speech at the Forrester Conference and provoking quite a discussion among an audience of about 500 sales enablement professionals. Now, I now work as a a freelance analyst and continue to advise clients on, on various marketing topics including the vendor selection process for buying marketing automation software. And I also work with business partners such as Research in Action that you mentioned who publish what are called vendor selection matrix reports. Another business partner I work with is the B2B marketing organization based in London where I provide some of their premium content.
0: Well, Peter, I am excited to have you here, and you are absolutely right. Uh, that piece from Forrester is still mentioned today. I think Mary Shea actually brought it up at our sales enablement soiree event just two weeks ago. So we're super excited to have you here. Your vendor selection matrix report found that when people create their long list of potential vendors, uh, just about 11.9% turn to vendor information and 42 to actual Vendor pre-sales people. So, in your opinion, what does this say about the sales environment and its evolution? And what do sellers need to do today to cut through the noise?
1: Well, I've, I've researched and published nine of these vendor selection matrix reports, uh, and they've all returned similar results on on that question. We routinely ask fifteen hundred businesses globally how would you put together your initial list of vendors and we're always asking specifically about how they select automation software such as a sales enablement solution. But most such surveys have shown that generally, B2B buyers of anything now rely the very least on what they could be told by the potential vendor, either on the website or, or even less the vendor salesperson. Buyers have given up on those meetings because they perceive the seller as only trying to deliver the company or product pitch at the earliest opportunity. They never seem to want to listen to me first, is what one client told me the other day. So in terms of cutting through that noise, well, the seller has to become more empathetic to what the buyer is seeking. Let's assume that the buyer no longer responds to cold calls anymore. So that means that the salespeople are only getting meetings based upon a buyer request. And so marketing now has to be part of the supply chain to sales before that meeting to prepare the seller properly. What's the buyer looking for in the meeting? What does the buyer already know about you? What type of role does the buyer have in the buying decision? And my ideal of sales enablement would be a system that has gathered and prepared all that information and puts it at the fingertips of the seller before the meeting.
0: You also happen to report that about half of those companies haven't invested in sales enablement solutions, which I mean, points to a very large opportunity for growth in the industry. How do you see the industry growing over the next few years, and and what changes or trends do you see on the horizon?
1: Yes, that's what we found uh, when we researched sales and enablement investments at the start of this year. 48% of the 1,500 business executives we interviewed are investing for the first time in this area of software automation. Now, I see this segment as one of the fastest growing MarTech markets overall not only because of the amount of uh, first-time buyers, but because there'll be lots of replacements as well. I mean, in the last years, the market was in its early adopter phase, and many firms tended to buy from the first vendor that called or could make a demo. Uh, So some of the early market leaders with, well, let's say, somewhat satisfied customers, somewhat satisfied customers, are no longer the innovators today, while newer vendors, but with smaller reputations are now building up market share. Indeed, the one thing I noticed in my briefings with the vendors, and this was confirmed in the scores allocated by the the practitioners we surveyed, is that it's difficult to separate the vendors from each other at first glance, difficult to differentiate them. I had to dig very deeply at each briefing to find out exactly which customer types were being targeted and with which value proposition. Now this is typical of a market in rapid growth where the RFP process is only just starting to to be applied and and where a high close rate for the vendors means that marketing concepts like thought leadership or value-based storytelling have not really taken hold yet. This will change in the next years as the best of the vendors tune up their content marketing and positioning programs in order to win business from the more pragmatic, less adventurous companies you know the typical crossing the chasm scenario Mm -hmm. i also anticipate considerable vendor vendor consolidation or churn in 2020 as smaller vendors with point solutions lose their customers to a more complete sales engagement management provider
0: that's very, very interesting, um, and I think we are already seeing some of that consolidation taking place. Uh, you had alluded to, to just customer satisfaction of these tools. Um, your research found that seller adoption with sales engagement solutions is a top concern and also a critical success factor, so how can companies um, that are investing in these solutions encourage the adoption of the solution among reps?
1: Well, they, they, they need to really consider the user experience as their most important success factor. I, I've assisted many clients through their vendor selection process and, and sat in on their meetings with potential vendors to provide my input as an, as an outsider. And, and I trust that my assessment of the vendor's offerings and potential to fit into their planned technical architecture was useful. But still, I often have the feeling that the client was not really prepared for the full project. I noticed that when I asked them about their needs and challenges, that many aspects are not really yet thought through. There are no business sample business workflows, and much of those workflows are outside the software that they're going to be buying. Uh, There are no profiles of their potential users, what devices do the users prefer to use, what competencies do they have, what preferences do they have about how they receive information or or transmit information. There are often no sample reports or dashboards designed to get out of the software and there is very little prioritization in the list of requirements. All is equally important and and most process automation projects fail because of a bad fit between project solution and requirements and when I say project I mean much more than the software product the project solution must cover the complete business scenario to be improved which is usually only partly through technology process and organization always need to be tuned as well now sellers are already collecting a massive number of apps onto their devices through their own efforts so the sales enablement system of choice needs to be visible and recognized as important by the sellers um, among that forest. It has to earn its adoption based on ease of use, accessibility, comfort, and applicability to the sellers' daily tasks. Now, by the way, my report at the start of this year was was titled Sales Engagement Management, not Enablement. Um, In the report, I argued the various enablement, training, and operations systems will need to be consolidated for complexity reasons. So I'm I'm quite pleased now to see that uh, both Gartner Group and and Serious Decisions are publishing their work under the same heading, Sales Engagement. My next sales engagement report is currently in the field. We're surveying 1,500 practitioners again, first about their preferences and vendor experiences. And then I'll add my point of view after talking to all the important vendors and then plan to publish the new report in February 2020.
0: Excellent, well I'm excited to read that. Uh, I wanna talk to you about some of the kind of growing trends that we're seeing in this space in particular. Uh, Customer centricity kind of stands out because you also mentioned it as a core evaluation requirement. Uh, So I'm curious to get your perspective, Peter, when it comes to personalization, what are buyers looking for? And what are some of the strategies for companies to be more customer centric?
1: Yeah, well, our first discussion point today was about why buyers do not want to meet sellers because most of the sellers are not empathetic Uh, customer centricity is the process needed to create this empathy that process requires marketing to to collaborate with its sales counterparts in selecting the large the right accounts the target accounts and, and also the buyers within the accounts and and then to provide content to the seller at the right time that is specific to the needs of the people in the next meeting ideally Marketing systems would also distribute customer analytics output, like intent alerts. Uh, many companies are now hiring more consultative sellers, you know, ideally with experience in the, in the type of companies that they are developing their relationship with. Same industry, for example. But that's not always needed. Some selling scenarios are more about just providing the right price and availability data to a buyer on demand. But even behind those business relationships, there needs to be an account relationship which is developed and managed by people meeting people on a periodic basis to agree on, let's say, the routine pricing and communications.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So another trend, uh, Peter, that you had called out was around partner enablement, um, growing as both a a trend and also a priority in our space. Um, So why, from your perspective, is partner enablement becoming so important?
1: Well, I mean, after all, 70% of the world's trade is done through partners. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, many manufacturers were somewhat discriminating and uh, only applied their sales enablement programs to their own direct sales force. Business pressure is is driving change here as well. Uh, and most firms now want to treat their partner sales force equally. And so many of the sales enablement software vendors recognize this and have functionality to handle this, this more casual type of user. But this challenge is changing as we speak. What I've just described is fine for firms selling physical products or or on-premise software who need knowledgeable partners to present and position the offer to buyers. But now almost every industry is morphing to an as a service business model with some buyers pulling the service based on their own research. But no channels, partners are not being disintermediated remember that strange cliche of the 1990s e-business articles they've actually become more influential and advocational but their business partner the channel business partner has changed too and they're more than likely to live off revenues earned from the end user than the manufacturer they occasionally represent and instead of resellers or distributors they're being called affiliates referrers associations communities, groups, ambassadors. So so the next generation challenge for many companies is, how do you enable those partners?
0: Mm, absolutely, I, I, I love that slant on it, especially on the advocacy front. So in your opinion then, just kind of going forward and in closing for our audience, what are the top things that people should look for when evaluating uh, sales engagement uh, solutions and why?
1: Well, my priorities would be to to check out how the system is adopted in other companies. You know, talking to reference customers or other peers. What do their sellers um, say about the system? That's the most important feedback I would seek from reference customers. And then I would review the devices preferred by my own sales colleagues and ensure that those platforms can be covered by the, the sales enablement solution, sales engagement solution. The only exception would be if I had a somewhat old-fashioned, older-fashioned sales culture that had not yet adopted, portable devices extensively. Those companies are still around. Well, then I would launch the sales engagement project with a general distribution of modern devices, like a tablet, a great motivator then for adoption. Another priority for me would be the ability to get feedback out of the system on usage and effectiveness of the content and data being fed through the system. At some point, you need to be able to provide return and investment data to your management. And this is key to being able to find the right information to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely. I think those are all really key criteria to look for. Well, Peter, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. That was my pleasure. To our audience, thank you for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, please visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.